Okay, guys, it is episode 34 of Video Vampires. This is Mickey. And Jessica. All right, Jess, um, you went to a lot of Beyond Fest. Yeah. I didn't. Tell me what you saw. Well, I think the only one that I've talked about so far was Climax, right? Yeah. Uh, which I didn't like. Really? Not completely. That's I talked right. about yeah, that yeah, a little you bit. T- you talked about um, that, yeah. But I saw a number of movies. So I saw Widows, which is the new Steve McQueen movie. And Steve McQueen had done Shame, and he had done uh, 12 Years a Slave. Um... This was like a crime, like heist drama, which was really good. It moved quickly, so sometimes I was a little confused about pieces of the storyline. But it's really good and really witty and has this like great female cast. Yeah. And like, um, what's her name? Viola Davis is in it. Liam Neeson. Uh, Carrie Coon, who's in fucking everything lately. Okay, so, so she was in The Leftovers. Oh, yeah. um, but then she's also in Gone Girl. Um, she was also in Infinity Wars as, like, one of the bad... Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's just kind of in everything lately, so she's briefly in this. But I thought it was really good. It's, like, um, really uh, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want these women who were left in this impossible situation to succeed in their heist. Yeah. Um... Colin Farrell's in it, too. I, I don't know. I really liked it. Um, I want to watch it again just to, like, nail down some pieces, but it's totally enjoyable. Um, and then I also saw Dragged Across Concrete. Yeah. Uh, with Matt, our, our uh, resident hater. Yeah. Uh, but we both didn't like it. And it's, it's, it's weird to say because we sat through the entire thing. It's, like, almost three hours long. It's a very long movie. It's Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn. They pay a pair of cops. Yeah. Um, and it's basically like another heist movie. Um, uh, what's his name? Michael J. White. Jai White, yeah. Yeah, who played Spawn. I was like, holy shit, it's Spawn. Yeah, but he's also <laughs> in Black he, Dynamite, which is... He's doing it. Amazing. Well, he's in it. And um, Mel Gibson and... Um, Why did that play Beyond Fest? Because I think uh, S. Craig Zoller, his movies have always prepared. Last year was Brawl and Cell Block 99. That's the connection. Okay, and then also I, I Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely his type of pacing and dialogue, which kind of sucks. In, in Brawl and Cell Block 99, I feel like it worked a little bit more with the characters. But the dialogue is like him just like regurgitating certain words over and over again that he thinks sound smart, but they don't fit with these characters at all. Sure. And it's like weirdly racist. Like, listen... S. Craig Zoller is like a poor man's Jeremy Saltner. Yeah. Um, except if he loved cops and was a little bit racist. <laughs> so it's like a weird thing. Like, I feel like this was like some weird cop-loving propaganda film that's like, no, it's not because uh, cops aren't trained and they're inherently racist. It's because we're all poor. And right. it's like kind of weird. I, I didn't, I honestly didn't really like it. I mean, it is typically his movie, it takes a really long time, and then the ending is totally gory and violent, and, and you know, uh, but I just, it didn't do anything for me. And then hmm. I also saw some more movies. So let's see here, uh, Terrified, I think, also was showing at Beyond Fest, it was, which I yeah. did watch. Um, Damien uh, Rugna, I think his name is, who directed it. Uh 
It's really creepy. Okay. It is. Uh, it's it's scarier than I feel like more most movies this year that I've seen. Sure. Um, dead children always freak me out. <laughs> so there's a scene, but it's basically about you know this creepy town that has a murderer and the policeman brings in this like um, medium and all like terrifying things ensue. I, I, I liked it, okay. but I don't think I liked it as much as everyone is talking about it. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, I think everybody's saying it's this, it's one of the scariest movies of the year and that's, but it's not, I mean, maybe we're what? just so conditioned to horror that like, I don't find it scary. Right. But that's one thing is I think that if you look at like the stuff that comes out, you yeah. know, like, especially now, like, it's, I was talking about this the other day, it's like, um, you know, was, I, was, I, was, I had watched a movie my, uh, recently, it was a 70s film called Burnt Offerings, which was mm-hmm. like, very, it's a great movie, Karen Black, Oliver Reed, directed by um, Dan Curtis, who had produced Dark Shadows and all that, and it's a really creepy movie, but it's slow. I mean, the ending is, yeah. a, it's in a great payoff, but I was saying to my girlfriend now, like, movies like that in the, weren't a rarity in the 70s, you know, like, Horror movies were able to take their time, like in The Exorcist. You know, it's like that movie's a slow burn until you it hit. Wasn't, a cer- yeah, yeah. And so I'm saying that, like, but movies like Hereditary now are like a rarity where we're like, oh my god, it was like it's just, you know it's super scary. It's like no, it's it's scary. It's very scary. Well, it has some of that pacing. Actually, I was just gonna say that. So with Hereditary, you know how they take a really long time on her head. Yeah. Um, for a whole scene, they do kind of the same thing in there, which I like. That yeah. part I like, and it is it. It makes you very uncomfortable. Sure. Um, but it's not the scariest I've seen. Right. Um, I, I guess I'm saying is that I think a lot of people are conditioned to. It's a lot so much that we're we're desensitized as much as that people are conditioned that like scary is is jumpy is jumpy yeah and, and it's not there's no you know people have kind of lost the taste for uh suspense which is like a shame because like that's a great i mean you build up great atmosphere with that um what else did you see though I saw Apostle, which I really liked. I heard that was really good. Uh, it's Gareth Evans, who did The Raid, yeah. Redemption, and The Raid 2, which mm-hmm. are, like, really incredible uh, choreography scenes, too, sure. between uh, fighting. But it's weird because you see very flashes of that in this movie, uh-huh. um, but it's not the same as what he's done before, but you kind of see that same camera work yeah. um, as well. But it is really fucked up. <laughs> And um, Dan Stevens is in it, who's in The Guest. He, and he, Legion. Legion yeah. yeah. He's just, a gr- he's like one of my favorite newer actors, you sure. know? Like, he's just kind of great, and especially playing these, like, kind of teetering crazy people. Right. Um, it, it is really creepy. It's scary. Um, I liked it a lot, actually. I just watched it last night. And I... then I also saw Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, Yeah. Which was actually better than I thought. It was Drew Goddard who did Cabin in the Woods, which mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be shitty. I was, like, surprised more about how much I liked it. I still think it's going to be shitty. I haven't he, watched it. No, I... Did you watch Cabin in the Woods? Yes, it took like me a long time to watch Cabin in the Woods, but I did, and I did like it. I almost... My only problem with Cabin in the Woods was that it was almost... It, it felt too cute for its... Uh, it, too smart for its own good, where it's like... It, it was kind of like... It reminded me a lot of Joss Whedon type of... Yeah. Uh, stuff, but I love that. Oh, oh, 
you just met, uh, we'll go we'll get back to Josh okay. Whedon in a second. Uh, but anyway, in in uh, Bad Times, it's it's very much kind of like Cabin in the Woods, where it takes place in a place. Yeah. And I kind of like that these are his movies so far because they're very much about these places. Yeah. Um, it's in this hotel which borders the line of California and Nevada, and honestly, the hotels and the rooms are beautiful. They kind of remind me a little bit about like David Lynch movies. It's set sure. um in like the Nixon era. Um, so everything is like really soaked in these so, cult yeah. this cult. Yeah. Um, everyone was good at first with the storyline. You're kind of like, what the? F- where the fuck is this going? Um, it is also a long movie. It's almost three hours. Um, but honestly, it ties up nicely at the end. Um, Chris Hemsworth is in it, who is probably one of the hottest people I've ever. Oh yeah, super hung Chris Hemsworth. He yeah. honestly is. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, he plays this like cultish leader, and honestly, if he started a cult now, I would join it. But not hunky beefcake John Hamm. Uh, John Hamm is handsome, but he's not, he doesn't, I think that's mostly due to his character, John Draper. He doesn't really play a handsome, like, pe- like really hot piece of shit. You know, he's just kind of like this guy. In yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, Jeff Bridges is in it. Got um, a great cast, I just, it, it's... I, I liked it. It's, it is, um... I don't know. It's it's really entertaining, and I, I like the pieces and the rooms and how they tie in with the people, which he's good at. So, um, honestly, I, I was surprised at how much I liked that because I thought it was going to suck. Um, before I get into what I saw, I said I was going to do this next time we record, uh, and I mean it. Um, I am publicly uh, renouncing. Well, I'm not going to renounce. I'm not going to renounce. I'm just going to say that I am no longer going to argue that Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie oh, is better good. than... good. Yes, you. that's right. And I'm not saying that Christy because... Christy Swanson, you racist-ass bitch. I'm not saying this because I I, I don't... <laughs> I, I love the movie still. I'm always going to love the movie. Um, and I'm always going to love it more than the the show. But I'm gonna ar- I'm not going to argue it anymore because, yeah, Christy Swanson turns out to be a total dirtbag. And yeah. it sucks because she was like... I, I she was, Sarah Michelle would never do that to us. Sarah Michelle sucks. But no, she doesn't. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I, um, anyway, this is me publicly <laughs> saying I am no longer going to argue for the movie being better than the show because of personal. Uh, you know, here's the thing: is that like she ruined it. I don't care if somebody. I don't care who anybody votes for. I mean, I care that people vote, and I, obviously, if I hear somebody votes for some dirtbag, I'm like, Ugh. you know, like I feel that pit in my stomach. But like, look, everybody's entitled to whatever. It's the moment you start like when she was doing that whole Kavanaugh shit and she was like yeah. questioning the victim, you know, that stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to draw a line here by Christy Swanson. You're lo- no longer in my top 10 crushes list, which is a real shame. <laughs> um, I think she should be more upset about that than her career dying. Um, cause it's been gone for a while. But, um, anyway, that's me on that. On Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I saw um, for the first time. Um, I watched Greasy Strangler. Oh yeah! And you know what? I did not fucking like it at really? all. Really? Um, I know they they were they showed it at Cine Family. Well, there were, yeah, and and the reason why I watched it was because at Beyond Fest they were playing the director's new movie, the one with Aubrey Plaza and Jimmy. Oh Clement. yeah! And I was like, you know, I want to see that, but I actually want to see Greasy Strangler first because. <laughs> when I saw the trailer for Greasy Strangler, I was like, this looks like everything I would love in a movie. Yeah. And the first five minutes of Greasy Strangler, I was like, this is everything I love in a movie. But then just the problem with the movie, and I talked about this with a friend of mine, is that it's trying too hard. It's yeah. it's like an hour and a half of just trying too hard to be wacky, to be weird. I mean, I just, I felt yeah. like I was one of those older people who was just like, I just don't get it. Because I was like, I don't <laughs> care for this fucking movie at all. Like, after a while, I was like, 
I was bored. Yeah. You know? Um, did not care for it. But another movie that I watched and I was inspired by, we've been doing that October list. Yeah. And I think we're now, what, uh, two weeks in, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had done, uh, you know, we had covered... Um, a number of vampire a, movies. A number of vampire movies, but we also 70s movies. And, yeah. Uh, and you would put... Uh, or 80s movies, sorry. And I had put Nightmare on Elm Street because, again, that's like one... That's a very important movie in my life. But you put The Shining. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, you know, I haven't watched The Shining in a while. And for a while, it means like a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I watched that movie a lot. I've watched that movie so much that I don't need to watch it where I could actually like plot it out like yeah. out loud. But what I like about The Shining is that it still has, I still get creeped out. Yeah, um, exactly. I used to, you know, I, I work at a bar on Monday nights and we have a projector and sometimes when we're running karaoke, we'll have stuff playing on the projector randomly. And uh, one time I put The Shining on and the internet in the bar was so slow that the movie was moving at a hair slower. Uh-huh. And so like, the audio is a little slower and like, you know, you can kind of hear it and like the movement. And it was the scene where Scatman Crothers is like walking in the hotel at the, towards the end. Uh-huh. And I'm like, like, I know exactly when Jack Nicholson's going to yeah. jump out, but like watching it in slow motion, I was like, I still knew, <laughs> but I was like actually more freaked out. And then hearing this long drawn out scream as he's like coming around the corner with the ax was terrifying. And I was like, man, that's so cool. This movie can still bother me when it's like, it's running in slow motion. Yeah. Like, um, I, I really love that movie, and I rewatched it um, just because it was raining yesterday in LA, and and uh, everybody kind of shuts down. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm, we're gonna, you know, I, you know, we're gonna be editing all night, so I want to like watch something in the day. So I put on The Shining, and I really, I just, I fucking love that movie. Um, yeah, it's it's a perfect. It movie. is, and uh, and then I was also keeping track of like how many people, and I, I again, I'm just so fucking baffled by this. How many people were like when we posted our rock and roll movies? Yeah. Um. And and for the record, I didn't put Trick or Treat on there because we did it. And I know. I, that's I wanted. What I was I, we we're trying to stay away from films yeah, that we've done. Right. But um. Even though we there is there's only one movie that we've already done in the entire list, and that was Fright Night. I know. Yeah. We tried to. Yeah. I tried to stay away from it. No, and I, I thought that was admirable. Um. But uh. But you put Queen of the Damned, and like so many people, I'm like, <laughs> I was I was a guy. I was like, I don't know, and I was like, and I remember texting you because I was like, I don't know what to write because I usually I, on the yeah. Instagram I've been writing all the little like. Hey, this is what we picked, blah, 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 you know, and then you go on your Instagram and you kind of dive into it a little bit more. But uh, I didn't know what to write about Queen of the Damned because never want to watch it. Uh, <laughs> the soundtrack, I mean, like this, I mean, this is not an era of music that I'm like, I, I was nostalgic for. Um, but like so many fucking people have been commenting and been like, you know, yeah, Queen of the Damned, fuck yeah. And I'm like, what is, <laughs> has the whole world gotten mad? I don't know. No matter who you were and what type of music, so I was a punk kid, but like Aaliyah was still like, 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 like. We're having technical difficulties, but we're working on it, so please stand by. All right, um, Aaliyah was like, who, what? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm not sure where I was in my in my rambling since we had a few technical difficulties. Yeah, but so. but Aaliyah is collectively America's sweetheart. She was Beyonce before Beyonce. there was a Beyonce. Uh, so she plays a big part. She plays Queen Akasha in it, and you were talking shit about her performance because you're like, oh, I think it, she might suck, but no, she doesn't. She plays a goddess man there was a lot of stuff we covered before we, i know i'm we, fucking we, mad because I, I talked about how i did you know a, a lot of what i'll spare everybody the 
you know, the details, but, you know, um, and w- when we previously recorded this part, I went on this fucking tear about how much I hate Stuart Townsend. I think I also refer to him as the sublime of actors. Which is accurate. I'm, I can't defend his acting because it's not good. <laughs> no. Not even in Queen of the Damned, but it's more of like a piece of uh, weird new metal history of like the weird gothic culture in, uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s and this weird uh, musical... Uh, subculture that started to happen. Um, so sure. I, I really appreciate the soundtrack. It's just, it's Marilyn Manson, it's Chester from Linkin Park, it's a dude from Orgy, the <laughs> dude from Static X doing um, the songs that Jonathan Davis performed in the movie, but he couldn't do on the soundtrack because he was obviously contractually agreed to corn. <laughs> Oh, man, uh, that, I, is, there were so many things wrong in that entire thing. Yeah, and people want to talk shit on new metal, but I feel like that seems so lame. It's just a piece of music history. You don't have to like it, obviously, but yeah. you can't deny that uh, it did better than most music genres. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked that movie, and that's why I picked it. Yeah, I just I remember I also called out the difference between Interview with the Vampire and Queen of the Dams, where Interview with the Vampire oh, felt yeah, like we, it was a movie. Well, like you can't compare deal. them. They're not comparable. But They're why t- can't you compare them? They're the same author. It's the same author, but she she calls one a masterpiece and she, con- she, she condemns the other. They're not supposed to be compared to each other, honestly. That's why I like it. Okay. If you are, you it doesn't make any sense. It's like American Psycho 2, which doesn't make sense at all. It should you know never have I mean? happened. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that Queen of the Dam should have happened, but it did. <laughs> I like that argument. I do like that, I do like that argument. Um, I, I just, I, I was just surprised. I thought I was, I was nervous posting about, because I was like, oh, Queen of the Dam, there goes our reputation. And then, not that we have one, but yeah. if we did have one, I was like, it's gone. And then everybody was like, yeah, Queen of the Dam. And I'm like, man, See? am I fucking losing it's one my of mind? Those kitschy movies that you just find appreciation for way after. Yes, and, um, and you had said this to me too. You're like, I'm surprised because you like a lot of shit. And I was, you're right. <laughs> you like a lot of shit, but none of the shit that I like has Stuart Townsend in it. <laughs> so that already elevates it, you know. Um, so yeah. we, talked about, we talked about Queen of the Damned, and, um, but then we moved into, we talked about the trailer for Glass, which we just watched. Yeah, uh, I really like it. I like M. Night Shyamalan. I want him to be good in movies. I mean, we talked about how uh, you didn't like Sixth Sense, but right. for the most of us, sure. you know, we do. I'm a contrarian. Um, I love Unbreakable. I think Unbreakable is a solid movie. Absolutely. Um, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson are perfect casting uh, for those characters. I love him as Mr. Glass. I will say... Um that's how I mentioned that too about how after I I love Unbreakable I think it's the best thing that M. Night Shyamalan's yeah. done and how I spent the better part of a decade screaming they <laughs> call me Mr. Gl- the kids who called me Mr. Glass um, at random times but also you haven't seen Split and Split was actually good right. it's like kind of like his back like coming back like sure. thank god okay you're- and that was and that was the thing is that like I didn't see Split because it was like oh great another one of those fucking guys movies yeah. so I had somebody tell me the ending because you know of course he's always got a little twist and everything and when they told me the ending I was like god damn it I would have been excited for that in the theater. I would have, like, geeked out. Yeah, um, but you ruined it. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then the trailer comes out, and you're like, well, if you haven't seen Split, guess what happens at the end of the movie? Cause, but it's still worth watching. Sure. No, I, I think, and I do like James McAvoy. You you really like yeah. him, and, and I think he's really great. And uh, and that girl, she was in The Witch. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like... She was in Thoroughbreds. I can't remember her name. And uh, what was her name? Sarah Paulson? Oh, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, I love Sarah Paulson. Yeah, she's great. 
Um, she's fantastic. Um, and then uh, we watched the trailer for Glass. Then we watched the trailer for Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm more excited for that than I think that I was uh, planning on being. And I think it's because uh, when you watch the trailer, it's not scary. Yeah, we we talked about that because um, the original two. I think you were making the point of uh, it doesn't rely on a lot of jump scares. Yeah, which is important. Um, but even the original, we talked about Zelda um, and the portrayal of her being so sick. We yeah. that it's more that that scares you than it's it a is. very realistic. Yeah, it's not, I mean, with with Zelda, which is one of the the, the takeaways from the original movie. Um, is that it, you're you're you know whether it's a little exaggerated or not you're still you're not portraying this fucking this, she's not scary when you see her because she's like some weird supernatural thing she's scary yeah. because she's a sick insane person in, mm-hmm. in, insane because of she's in so much pain you know like that to me is terrifying and the, and the, I was I had said that like um, I love I love the original movie but even still I've got problems with it because there are some things in the book that I think are better. Yeah. You know, and, and, and uh-huh. I was just surprised that Stephen King had written the screenplay and, like, seemed to take out all the parts that were scary, or scariest. And it's mm-hmm. and it's interesting because the book itself is a, was a difficult thing for him to write, apparently. Like, he, when, he, when he wrote it, he, he showed it to his wife, and she was like, it's too dark, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, and we had talked, I also kind of mentioned about um, The Monkey's Paw. Which is what the Pesimentary is a variation of. And Monkey yes. Paw, 1900 story, uh, three wishes, um, family wishes for money. Um, it, they get their wish granted, but at the cost of their son who dies a horrible accident at the factory he works at, which in turn is where the money comes from. Yeah, which is the, the age-old story of be careful what you wish, wish for. for. Um, which has also been parodied, you sure. know, for... for exactly. Mom wishes decades. son to come back to life yeah. a few weeks later. Knock on the door. Father realizes that, like, hey, wait a minute. I saw... I was the one who came and identified the body. It was in fucking pieces. Like, the thing that's knocking on the other side of the door is not the son that I remember. Yeah. And he uses the last wish to, to wish it away. Mm-hmm. You know? Very famous story. Um, Pet Cemetery kind of... It definitely pulls from that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's be careful what you wish for, but it's also, like... We sometimes can, they yeah, they're we, better off. Dead, they yeah, are. we we sometimes it's just better off to grieve than to have them come back and be something that they weren't. Yeah, and that is the um, the entire theme of the movie we watched, which was nineteen seventy two, released in seventy four. Uh, Bob Clark's Death Dream, which yeah, which is also yeah, we covered. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> so, also has many names in yes, case that you. Dead of Night, um, the night Andy came home. We talked about Bob Clark because. We had done Black Christmas. We had done Black Christmas, and um, kind of just talking about how like this guy is fucking. He's kind of like this unsung hero of horror. Like his his yeah. horror movies are spot on, and and they are. And and we talked about how um, much this is a political horror piece, and yeah. and similar to Wes Craven does that too. You know, they take from from real life things um, and they exaggerate it, which is what this is. I mean, it's very clear that he's a soldier coming back from Vietnam. Um, and that he has problems and PTSD and drug use and they're not the same and people are in denial and stuff like that. Right. And it, it's so much in this movie and it makes it really good and really sad. Yeah, and, and the way they tell that story is that instead of him having all those symptoms, mm-hmm. they just have it that he gets killed in action. Yeah. His mom cannot accept um, his death and kind of wills him back to life. He comes back, but he comes back clearly different, which again was a metaphor for everything you just mentioned. You know, and um, so that's the whole premise is that son comes back from the war 
after being declared dead, and there's he's clearly fucked up. He locks he he rocks in his chair a lot, like all night. Yeah, um, <laughs> I he, love that Bob Clark had a thing with rocking chairs yep, for a while. Yep. He uh, he tells everything everybody that everything is okay when it, you know in a creepy way. Um, beats up a little kid. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I mean, how many movies do you see that happening? Yeah. Kills a dog, though. Yeah, that's, so... that, that's the part where I was like, ugh. But, um, but, you know, and I had mentioned to you that, like, uh, you know, Steve Sears and I worked on a show real quick about, like, um, we are doing a show on Lifetime where they would surprise, these, like, service people would surprise their families by coming home early. And they'd always surprise them, like, a big, like, it was kind of taking off on that idea of, like, the the, the classroom and then the, the father shows up and, like, you know, like, those viral yeah. videos. That was the inspiration, but they would kind of, like, do like a big thing about it, but I had to watch countless hours of interviews where these these the spouses, men and women, and women um, of the service uh, people were saying that the biggest thing that they were the biggest fear they had was that knock on the door, that doorbell ring, yeah. uh, that to tell to be told that their loved one is not coming back. And and uh, I mean, like I would watch people break down. I mean, it was a tough show to watch because I was like, oh, I wanted God, to kill myself. Yeah. It was like. I mean, these people would break down, and they, they even the the spouses too would even be like, you know, I don't want to talk about that. And then the host would be like, Well, no, let's talk about that because they're like trying to get those exact reactions. Yeah, which is which is garbage. Immoral. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but I feel like they do that scene really well here. Like, you know, the the, the they come to the door to tell them that the the, the son well they give them the telegram that says the son has has been killed yeah. on duty, and like the whole thing with like, the family knowing that this has happened but not wanting to accept it, like the father not wanting to take the envelope, the mom crying, like, kind of like in hysterics. I mean, the mom is really like, you know, she's very attached to the son, which is why she's, she spends the rest of the movie like knowing that her son is off, but one not wanting to accept it, whereas the father is kind of like, hey, my son just killed a fucking dog. Yeah. And a cute dog, too. But it does, it it does play off to the parallels between the different time periods and the wars. I mean, we talked about how, um, even his father in the movie had yes. like, oh, but we came back fine. And it's because, you know, a lot of that them were regarded as heroes. Well, during Vietnam, they weren't. Because, right. like you said, there was mixed feelings, obviously. And they never mentioned Vietnam, but yeah. we know that's what but it is. But we know, yeah. So it's, it is, uh, it does play off those those fears sure. really well. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I think we it's talked, a great the, movie. We, uh, we mentioned about how Bob Clark... One of the things that, like, he gets better than a lot of other... I mean, and I said this originally as horror directors, but I think mm-hmm. it's just in general directing, is he recognizes the value of sound. Yeah. So there's a lot of creepy, like, diegetic sound, and also, like, you know, like the little whispers of Andy, like, throughout the movie, you know, and, and it kind of goes with uh, Black Christmas, which itself yeah. had a really good creepy score, and a lot of the creepy shit that happens with Black... Christmas is the phone calls, the prank calls that the girls are getting where, like, yeah. he's just saying weird shit, and it's like... Yeah, and you're like, what? And I think that's another thing that we didn't mention before, but I re- I thought about just now, is that another thing I like about Bob Clark's movies, and a lot of them, like, let's let's also mention that, you know, Bob Clark, we covered in Black Christmas. Yeah. We also produced uh, Popcorn. Um, Death Dream was written by Alan Ormsby, who also mm. co-wrote Deranged with Bob Clark, yeah. and also was the original director of Popcorn uh, before he got fired. Um, but one of the things that Bob Clark seems really good at is he's able to capture those little weird moments. Like, there's, like, those moments yeah. of just, like, he recognizes how... Creepy. It, how creepy weirdness... I mean, even something, like, when, the, like, when the father 
who's the dude from The Godfather who sleeps in, wakes yeah. up with a severed head. When he's at the police station talking about, you know, talking to the cops, that one cop is just playing with the yeah, fucking the blinds, crazy. and so there's no reason behind it, but it just, it kind of sticks with you because it's like a weird, weird little, t- or that, remember that yeah. guy at the diner who's like, I want to see a menu, and they're like, menu's on there, and he's like, oh, you know, it's like this weird yeah. dialogue where you're like, why is that important? But it's not, but it, it adds flavor to the whole scene. Yeah. And I think Bob Clark's really good at that, because, like, those those phone calls in Black Christmas are, are terrifying, weird. yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, another thing we mentioned was that, you know, people don't realize that Bob Clark was a tremendous influence on, and, and openly, oh, yeah, um, on Halloween, yep. John Carpenter. And uh, to the point when I I said that, like, in the one of the original titles for this movie was The Night Andy Came Home. The tagline to Halloween was The Night He Came yeah. Home. And, and it's just, like, it seems very similar, you know? And, and John Carpenter's been very... In fact, John Carpenter apparently had wanted to do a sequel to Black Christmas. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. So, I mean, in a sense, he did get to do a sequel. It was called Halloween. Yeah. And it was completely different. And the new one's coming out next week. Oh, yeah, next week. And we haven't seen that. Interesting. No, not yet. So, uh, hopefully... I mean, I'm going to see it on Friday. I'm very excited. I don't care what anybody fucking says. But anyway, um, Death we'll Dream, uh, fantastic movie. I really... Yeah, really, still really well. Still um, a really good political piece of that time that's still kind of relevant. Uh-huh. Um, I think always be careful what you wish for is kind of going to be relevant, especially even yeah. in our time. Timeless, so. yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Bob Clark, I wish he did more horror, but... Kind of glad that he didn't, just because he, he, what he... What, what he put he, out there what is he put already... Out there was so good, and Christmas Story, Hat Plays Every Christmas. Yeah. We can, you know, and Porky's, without Porky's, you wouldn't have American Pie, whether that's good or bad, that's yeah. the whole other thing. Um, but Bob Clark really was a fucking fantastic director, and um, Black Christmas really has, he utilizes all the things that we've... Even the parts that got deleted in this podcast, like, we, because we, we talked about a lot of stuff, uh, but, it's yeah, so I know. terrible. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know I was able to mention um, Burnt Offerings. Yeah. And I was men- I was able to mention Suspense and Build Up, and he does a really great job he, of, yeah. you know, the drive-in sequence is fucking spot on of just awesome build up, and you know something bad's gonna happen, and you get little glimpses of something, and well, then even finally, when he first comes home, um, that whole build-up uh, for when the parents finally realize what's, what there's something wrong takes yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I mean, look, if I see somebody fucking in a rocking chair, I'm just knocking them the fuck out and running. I don't care who <laughs> it is. Kick him in the dick. Yeah, kick him in the dick because you know that if they're rocking in a chair. That's bad news. Yeah. You know you know that you're in a Bob Clark movie if you see somebody rocking, rocking and just not doing anything else. Um, so be warned. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have to, we got to, we had such. Yeah. We'll follow our um, 31 yeah. nights, days of Halloween horror. Um, if you have any ideas or want to play along, just tag us, video vampires. Yeah, we do have somebody who's been playing along. And yeah, it's fuck great. yeah, dude. We love and, it. And uh, I'm also, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. And we're going to keep it going till Halloween. Uh, we will be back with an episode, I think, on Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween. Special right. episode. Bye. Yeah, bye. of night, the story of one night in a small town that changed the lives of many and ended the lives of some.
Where you headed? Come on, hop aboard. of the first five minutes of Dead of Night, audiences will not be seated after the beginning of the picture. 